Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about timeouts. Are they in or out? I recently was working with some clients in my parent coach practice and we were talking and debating about using timeouts as a discipline technique or strategy. And this is something I talk about often with new coaching clients who have utilized timeouts and have found them ineffective or are still using timeouts and find that they believe that they work. And while we're working together, we kind of explore and dig deeper to try and figure out what timeouts working really means, because I need to understand from the parents that I'm working with what that means to them. And then I need to share with them my perspective in terms of what works, what doesn't work, and what the potential unseen collateral damage could be from certain discipline techniques. So I thought today I would just focus on this one particular, very popular discipline technique, the timeout. So first, just in case you are not aware, let's start off by talking about what is a timeout? Well, basically to its core, a timeout is a type of punitive consequence for behaviors that parents are wanting to stop or extinguish. And they use a timeout to teach a lesson. Timeout essentially is a period of social isolation. They've been, this, this technique's not new. We probably all remember if you grew up watching Little House on the Prairie episodes like I did, you might even recall episodes where children who were, you know, misbehaving were sent to stand in the corner facing the wall. That was a timeout. More commonly, you might uh, hear or see, or maybe you yourself have given your child a timeout, which basically means they're sent to their room, or maybe if you've been out and about, you put them in timeout in a car or kind of sit them um, out from the activity that they're participating in, have them sit out on a bench or maybe the curb somewhere. There is a very popular TV show called The Super Nanny. She popularized the naughty chair or naughty step or naughty mat. And that was a place where a child who was misbehaving or out of line or had a behavior that was breaking a rule is meant to sit in social isolation, no interaction with parents or from anybody else during the period of time that they are in quote unquote timeout. So again, to its core, A timeout is a period of social isolation. Timeouts have become more and more popular 
And they've been really, really uh, encouraged by people who are in healthcare and other parenting professional jobs and providing parental education, different parenting philosophies, all kind of talk about the power of using the timeout as a discipline technique. The main reason it became so popular and so commonly used over the last 20 or so years was an effort to stop spanking, to stop parents from spanking or using some other type of physical punishment for their child as a form of discipline and to provide parents with another option that is thought to be less harsh. So this has been kind of widely adopted and promoted, like I said, through healthcare and parenting philosophies and healthcare providers to, again, provide parents with an alternative to spanking, hitting, or some other type of physical punishment. Again, like I already mentioned, it was made even more popular by its use and its strategy that was introduced on the TV show, The Super Nanny and her books. And like I said, many other parenting books talk about using timeouts as a discipline strategy. I myself, when I was a new parent, I hadn't really thought about any particular parenting strategies or discipline techniques that I wanted to use. And when I went to my uh, pediatrician, my daughter's pediatrician, when she was 18 months old, and I was sharing some of the behavioral challenges that I was experiencing with her, and she was very spirited and kind of had a lot of things that I was wanting to correct or needing to address somehow. And I, I talked to him about these concerns and he said, oh, okay, you need to um, put her in social isolation. He didn't even use the cute term time out. He called it straight up social isolation. And I was kind of taken aback. In retrospect, I actually really appreciate the fact that he didn't give it a cute name. He called it what it was. He said, what your child needs is to turn a lesson, to learn a lesson. And she'll do that by you basically isolating her and cutting your child off from you when she misbehaves and to use that as a form of discipline to stop these problematic behaviors you're, you're seeing in your child. And I took that on as a challenge and I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And again, this was further supported by that TV show, <laughs> the super nanny, which I was a big fan of at the time. And I've already talked about this. I'll bring it to this conversation as well. Um, I created naughty spots. I got red round little pieces of carpet. I believe I picked them up from Ikea and I had one on each level of our house. We have kind of a narrow and tall house and I had a naughty spot on our basement level, on our main level and on the top level of our home where the bedrooms are. And that was where my child, my firstborn was to spend her time outs on the naughty mats. And I had my child on timeout, naughty mats all day long. Um, she had a lot of behaviors that were challenging. She was very much, like I said, very intense. I didn't know then what I do know now that she was spirited. She was highly sensitive and she had a lot of big emotions. And as a new parent, not really knowing how to navigate and when there were techniques I used when she was younger, like distracting her with something to try and help her um, kind of redirect her behaviors to something that I was more welcoming of, I would use this timeout strategy often, all day long, multiple times a day. And although I recognized that my daughter was spending a lot of time in time out, I didn't know what else to do. And this is what, again, I was told to do and I was observing. It was something that 
uh, my peers, other parents I was interacting with were using with their children. And so I kind of just made it my go-to. Anytime there was something that was not working or was out of line, a rule that was broken, a behavior I wanted to extinguish, timeout was the answer. I learned later that what I was doing was really problematic for a lot of different reasons. And I'll get into that more a little bit later. But at the time, what I didn't recognize was the fact that I was using this timeout so frequently right then and there kind of showed how it was not really working. Um, I thought it was working because when my child was misbehaving and I gave her a time out and she'd have a little fight and a little outburst. And, you know, I got her to finally comply and I'd walk her back to that naughty mat a million times if I had to in a day. And when she finally complied and stayed in that time out naughty mat for the amount of time, and I had this rule of thumb, I believe this also came from the super nanny. It was one minute per age old my child was. So when she was one and a half, she had to stay in the naughty mat for a minute and a half. When she was two, she stayed on it for two minutes. When she was three, three minutes and so on. And then afterwards, I'd come back to her and say what she did was not okay. At this point, she would typically be pretty compliant and quiet and agree. She didn't want to be in timeout anymore. She didn't want that social isolation any longer. And so I kind of fooled myself into thinking that this was working because she eventually did comply and she eventually was, um, you know, sweet and would, you know, apologize because I, at the time, again, not knowing this was misguided, I would make her apologize for the things she had done and we move on with life. And then, you know, lo and behold, 30 minutes, an hour later, if that, she was back in the naughty mat again because of something else that was a problem from my viewpoint. And I didn't realize how I was really adding to a really negative cycle of behaviors and actually increasing the amount of problematic behaviors and power struggles that were occurring between me and my child. So I have stopped using timeouts and stopped using them eventually once I learned how to handle problematic behaviors differently and moreover, understanding how to look at problematic behaviors as communication and what to do once I kind of got to the root of what was driving problematic behaviors was not to keep on giving this punitive timeout response, but actually addressing what was driving behavior in the first place. Moving back on to the topic of timeouts. So do timeouts work? Like I said in the example I gave, they sometimes appear to work. But what we really need to talk about here, and this is something I've talked through with many of my parent coaching clients, is to answer the question, what does working mean? Can a timeout and issuing a timeout as a form of punishment or consequence can that stop the behavior in that moment? Yes, it can. So does that mean it's working? Well, the next question would be, okay, it might appear to work, but is there a cost? Is there collateral damage that can come by the use or overuse of timeouts? And absolutely the answer to that is yes. Like all different types of tactics and behavioral tactics that are coercive, meaning things like threats, bribes, punishments, they do sometimes appear to work in the moment, meaning you can temporarily or briefly stop or redirect or control particular behaviors in that moment. And so we trick ourselves into believing that that means that this works. This is actually a good strategy. However, 
that temporary fix is really an illusion and oftentimes can cause parents and children become further frustrated because it's a temporary fix and you're going to be right back there again faced with the same or similar problem because you've never actually really addressed what was the underlying cause of the behaviors in the first place. The reality is timeouts actually do more harm than and very little good. I mean, yeah, you might think in the moment, okay, I stopped that behavior, so this is good, this works, but it does more harm and very little to no good. The main harm that can come from the overuse of timeouts is long-term damage and the erosion of your relationship, that connection that is so important between a parent and child. The reason why timeouts are so problematic And the reason it can erode and cause this long-term damage to that relationship is because timeouts use your relationship as something that can be given and taken away. It makes your very relationship with your child something that's conditional. And that causes developmental ramifications that at first are not really obvious. So in short, the reason why timeouts appear to work is the very reason that they should not be used. The reason why they work is because they cause a panic, an alarm to go off in children due to them feeling abandoned, unloved, rejected, banished. And furthermore, they're left alone to deal with really big and overwhelming and confusing feelings all by themselves. So the reason they appear to work is because they cause a whole multitude of really, really problematic experiences on the emotional level for our children. And that alarm is what causes children to snap out of it and suddenly act more mature, more lovable, more endearing. They might be really more pleasant to be with following, immediately following a time out, But that is not the result of actual authentic maturity that has taken place in that two, three, or four minutes that they have been in time out. The reason why your child is suddenly snapped out of it and acting more mature is because your child has become scared. They are acting more mature out of a fear that they have lost their relationship with you. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. I wanted to read a quote from an article by Dr. Deborah McNamara. Um, and the article is called The Trouble with Timeouts. And I put a link to the article in my show notes so you could read it in its entirety if you're interested afterwards. But it has to do with specifically what is most problematic about the use of timeouts. And that is the damage that it can cause to your secure attachment and relationship with your child. Here's the quote. Our kids need to rest in our relationship and not work to keep it. We must be the ones to hold on to them. And what is clear is that timeouts make our kids work for love. There is a better way. So like I said before, 
When a child seems to snap out of it and become very pleasant and endearing following a time out, it's because they are working. It's because out of fear of abandonment, as a fear and feeling of separation from those to whom they are closest and need the most relation need to be in the most relationship because children are operating from a place of fear and fear of a loss of relationship and closeness and connection with parents they act in a way that indicates that they feel they need to work to regain that love relationship and attachment with their parents and caregivers and that's why timeouts work and that's why they should not be used the other reason why timeouts don't work is because they tend to actually increase power struggles, largely because of that disconnect that can come into play when timeouts are used so frequently. And the other thing, it increases a lot of frustration as parents because we're putting our focus on controlling our children versus controlling circumstances surrounding the child. Our focus becomes suddenly controlling our child and being in control of getting our child to sit on that timeout spot, naughty step, bench, or go to their room, whatever you're using as the place where your child has their time out. That starts becoming the focus, controlling the child versus actually getting to the root of what's causing the problematic behaviors and asking yourself, gosh, why is my kid acting this way? How can I address what is driving that behavior? So if you've listened to this so far, this podcast, and you're still not convinced, you're still like, eh, I still like using my timeouts, they work for me. Here are some things I want you to ask yourself that could be clues that maybe they're not working for you. These are some clues that maybe timeouts are not working. You're putting your child in timeout every day, or maybe even many times a day, or even hourly. Your child calls out for you the whole time they're in timeout. You need to hold a door or lock a door to keep your child in timeout. You find yourself getting more and more frustrated about the timeout battle with your child. Timeout is your solution to every mistake, every misbehavior, every rule that is broken with your child. You're using timeout as the consequence for the same repeated behavioral problems that just keep on coming up again and again. Your child magically becomes calm and compliant after the time out. Performing and working for a relationship. Understanding, like I just shared, that this is actually the alarm response that's being driven out of a fear of abandonment and separation. While the problematic behavior may stop, it's never fully addressed and returns shortly after or that you're sensing that your relationship with your child is beginning to erode and that you're feeling less and less capable of discipline without resorting to timeouts, threats, and punishments. Those are all other clues that timeouts are not working if you're still on the fence. Okay, next question, are timeouts ever okay? Well, one exception that I might use for a timeout, I don't call it a timeout, but one exception for this is when I need to create space and separate arguing siblings. This is not something I do 
as a punitive uh, measure or punishment. It's temporary. It's more about controlling the circumstances surrounding what the problem is. And at this moment, if the problem is siblings that are arguing, then I might choose to send my um, arguing children to separate areas. And so this is not what I would consider a timeout, but it might look like that. When I say to one child, okay, this isn't working right now. You need to separate. I'm going to have you go to your room and you're going to go downstairs to the basement. I'll check in with you and I'll be there in a few minutes to check in with you. So it's not the same thing as a timeout. It is basically separation for separation and being sent to different areas. So this is a time when sending children to a different location where you may not be with them the whole time is something that can be a strategy that can be helpful when interceding um, between arguing siblings. Again, this is not used as a punishment. It's more like taking charge of circumstances, separating. And then if I use a strategy, when I use this strategy with my um, kids who might be arguing, it's always, okay, you're going to go here. You're going to go there. I'm going to check in with you and then I'll be here to check in with you in a few minutes. So it's not the same thing as you're being sent into social isolation. It's more about being separated from each other because the problem, the arguing needs to be um, dealt with. Um, another time that timeouts are okay is parental timeouts. However, I do want to encourage you to use those with caution because it's important that if you need to take a timeout because you're about to lose it or lash out on your child, that you do so and you give yourself a timeout without making it known to your child that you're taking a timeout because they are becoming overwhelming or you're about to lose it on them. It's important that we don't communicate this to our children because that in and of itself can cause alarm in our children. They sense that separation. They sense that they're too much for us to handle and that causes them to have an increase in alarm. So if you're gonna give yourself a parental time out, do so in a way that is a little bit kind of sneaky, meaning instead of saying, I need a time out or I'm gonna freak out right now or I'm gonna give myself a time out. Instead, just use an excuse. I'm gonna to go to the bathroom. I'll be back in a minute. Or oh, I just forgot I've got to rotate the laundry and put the laundry in the dryer. Or I, um, you know what, I'm gonna to have to take a minute right now because I just remembered I have to make a phone call and book an appointment. So make an excuse, give yourself a timeout, but don't call it such. Go ahead and label it something else. So keep that in mind in terms of using times and timeouts are okay. You can put yourself in timeout, just don't make it obvious or call it a timeout to your child. All right, so now that I have hopefully convinced you that timeouts are not in the best interest of your child, their development, or most importantly, your relationship with your child, what can you do instead? Well, there's one technique that uh, positive parenting um, solution often calls a time in. So kind of the opposite of a time out is a time in. And this is something you hear a lot in positive parenting type discipline strategies, I tend to call it just taking a break. The key here though, is that you are not sending your child into social isolation. You are spending time with your child, kind of separated from the incident or problematic behavior. You are maybe separating your child from whatever was a problem 
but you're staying with them. You're changing location. You're going to a private room, maybe inside the car, maybe around the corner, someplace private, which will preserve your child's dignity and make it so they're less defensive if you are needing to address behavior. It's also okay in these moments to say, uh, you know what? This isn't working right now. We're going to take a break. We're going to talk about what happened later, but maybe not in the moment. What this does, this time in, is when emotions are charged, if your child is maybe acting out because they're frustrated, what this allows is your child to be able to vent and express and to feel all their emotions that are getting stirred up inside. And you're able to stay present and empathetic and help them make sense of and name the feelings and emotions they're experiencing. And also you're there to comfort them when those tears come. This is key in being able to co-regulate a child who doesn't have the ability to or has lost the ability in that moment to regulate their own emotions or behaviors. So you're co-regulating by staying present and spending this time connecting with your child in this difficult time. It also is utilizing your relationship not as this bargaining chip that you're able to remove and give and uh, you know kind of present as this thing that you get conditionally, like in the case of a timeout. Instead, you're using that relationship, that connection with your child to support them when they're struggling. And this will help them be able to learn to regulate their emotions for themselves once they're emotionally mature enough to do so. And it also helps maintain the strength and security and safety within your relationship. Another way that you can use this time-in strategy is maybe not when your child is necessarily emotionally stirred up and melting down, like in the case of a tantrum or um, explosion because of frustration, but maybe in a time when your child is breaking a rule or not listening or taking your direction. This is also the time you can use a time in. So rather than saying, oh, you're not listening, you broke a rule, go to timeout, you're in your room. Instead, you use this moment to connect with your child before you go about correcting the problematic behavior. And you can do this by finding, again, a quiet place free from other people's eyes and ears to get down on their level, to talk about what's going on, what's working, what's not working. Make sure you've got the eye contact and clear evidence that your child is listening before you give a direction and get an agreement for them that they will you know, follow or not break the rule or something of that nature. And it also provides an opportunity to address what is the problem and to problem solve and give that clear direction to your child. I just went through this today with my youngest. We were at the park. She had a t-ball practice. And after the t-ball practice, she went running off of the teammate up the hillside to go to the playground. And she didn't check with me first. Her The temptation was just too great. She was having so much fun. And it just was not in her mindset to check in with me first and say, hey, can I go up there to the park? Would this be okay? So I, I called for her to come back to me and she didn't come. She said, nope. And I got a little bit closer and I said, come here. I need to talk to you right now. And I pulled her away from her little friend. I got her some privacy. I knelt down so that we were eye to eye. And first thing I did was I connected with her. You had so much fun today playing t-ball, didn't you? Wasn't it so great to get to play for the first time? And now here you are at the park with friends and you want to have the chance to play right now. I get how much fun that is. But here's the thing. I need you to always check in with me first. I need you to 
ask me first if it's okay to go to the playground. Chances are I'm going to say yes, but you can't just go run off because it's not safe. So it's really, really important that we can talk first. You check in with me and ask if it's okay. And I can listen to you and then I can let you know if it's okay or not. And she kind of heard me and said, okay, and nodded her head. And then I went on and I drew out her good intentions. And I said, I know I can count on you to remember to ask me next time. I know you just forgot this time, but I know that you won't forget next time. I know I can count on you to do so. And I know that when I say yes, you can go play at the park. And when it's time to leave, I know I can count on you then to listen to me that time when I say it's time to go. And she said, okay, mom. And and we kind of had like a funny little thing we do where we put our foreheads together and uh, we look into each other's eyes and we call it giant eye where you put your foreheads together, you look into your child's eye and the eye is kind of meld into one giant eye. And that's something I do just to kind of really, really get that little extra bit of connection juice flowing between us, which will again, further her desire to want to listen to and follow my directions going forward. So then she went went off, played at the park, had a great time. And sure enough, when time came, I was able to check in with her again and say, okay, now's that time. We're going to do one more spin on the merry-go-round and then it's time to go. And things worked out. That was technically a time in. I separated her. We talked. I turned on that connection, that relationship energy between us to give her the directions I needed her to hear and to drop good intentions that she was going to follow the the rules moving forward. And it worked out. So that is an example of a way in which there is an alternative to using something like a timeout, which can be so problematic. A time in can be just the opposite, very connecting, and it's still discipline. It's still very much a parent in charge, giving clear directions, and then utilizing the most powerful tool in the toolbox, which is your relationship, your connection, which is the very opposite of what happens when you are using a time out. So in conclusion, I want to encourage all of you when you're thinking about discipline choices that you're making with your children to start asking yourself, is this contributing to or detracting from the optimal conditions for my child to be able to grow and mature and develop their ability to have self-control? You cannot force maturity. You cannot force maturity by some form of a discipline technique like a timeout. In fact, like I hopefully have made clear to you today, you might even stall or make it impossible for true maturation to take place when you use strategies like timeout, when you use your relationship, that connection between yourself and your child as something that can be used as a bargaining piece to try and get your child to act or behave in a more mature manner. And ultimately that will backfire. And so I wanna encourage you to think twice before you use a timeout in the future. And to instead think about ways in which you can turn on your child's natural instinct and your ability to influence your child through your connection, through that relationship that you have with your child that can continue to be nurtured and continue to become even more of the most powerful piece of discipline that you use with your child. So perhaps it's the time out itself which needs to take a time out. And I hope you will think about that and think twice before you issue your next time out for your child and perhaps try the time in strategy instead. Thank you so much for joining me today on the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope you'll join me again next time. 
Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the3d parent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D Parent Podcast.